Day. I am Casey Kelly. I am Sarah Ingram. And um, we're excited to be doing our second episode. This is really cool. <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> Casey, Casey and I are trying to work on a couple things. Yes. I am trying to no longer say the word like. <laughs> and I'm trying not to say um. <laughs> so if you have kombucha handy, we... Mm-hmm. Authorize you to take a shot of kombucha every time I say um in case he says like. Exactly. So you're going to get kombucha drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes. So (laughs) with that said, I'm really excited for today's episode because it's something we've all experienced at some point or another. And it's really the episode, what we kind of named it as the beginner episodes. You know, this is for the beginners. And so... I first kind of want to start off by maybe just talking about what yoga means to me, essentially. And should I say it maybe from like my beginner perspective or from my perspective now? Because I think it's shifted. Do both, because I think it does change. (laughs) Totally. And the reason why, you know, we wanted to have some guests on this, which we'll introduce in a moment here, is because Casey and I's perception of yoga has changed since we went through teacher training. And so we thought it would be good to have some some students in here mm-hmm. but in the meantime yeah I, I agree I think our, our perception of yoga changes absolutely well, I mean, it always changes mm-hmm. even constantly changing yeah. it's changing now for me even but yeah so I think when I first started yoga it was essentially more of a physical thing I was looking to tighten up get more toned increase my flexibility also connect with a community of people that were like-minded and also I think on some level it was adding to my life and the healthy <laughs> habits or patterns that I that I needed. That's okay. You can cough, Sarah. It's okay. I'm like so nervous over here. <laughs> like, oh my god, I have to cough. Oh no. Um, and we're sipping on our tea, so you're good. I, I think I just actually choked on my tea. <laughs> yeah. So I'd say it was a combination of things. So yoga, really, at the more surface level, is kind of what it meant for me. Um, oh, now I'm taking on your word, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't take my word. So you just took a shot of your kombucha. (laughs) So, and then for now, I'd say yoga has transitioned for me to be this place that I can create. And whether that's on my mat or it's just a moment that I take in my room to take a deep breath or wherever I'm at to to pause and connect. That essentially to me is what yoga is now is, is connecting in my physical practice, in the practice of connecting with other people or just kind of the world the surrounding environment that you're in and myself you know what's internally going on emotionally spiritually and uh, that's continuing to grow every single day and transition and also you know becoming a teacher that changes too because you're having to learn the lessons and be able to talk about it which is hard because you really have to do the work and you have to be vulnerable and that's a constant struggle too it's a good struggle, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a challenging road. I'd say, like, yoga is for, not for the weak. <laughs> yeah, and nothing holds you more accountable than becoming a teacher, I think. Yeah, certainly. Uh, so for me, I, much like you, like we talked about in episode one, came to yoga just for the physical practice, and mm-hmm. I went to core power yoga, so it's very power vinyasa-based, which they're at um, core power it's it's really physical based most more than anything like i don't mm-hmm. remember the teachers really ever getting into anything else which is fine because that's their their thing there but yeah so i started with the physical and i just felt good and i know it was because i was in my body mm-hmm. which is a change for a lot of people so that's what drew me to yoga but then going through teacher training and learning all of the other things which you know the eight limb path which we'll be talking about in a bit And then even beyond that, what I have kind of taken on recently is the sense of community. Mm -hmm. And so for for yoga, for me, has become a communal practice. And it makes all makes perfect sense because yoga literally means like the union 
to the coming together and it starts on your like most basic cellular level like all of your like little insides all works as a community to like mm -hmm. operate your body and then um, eventually you're uniting your body your mind and your spirit and then mm -hmm. once you are feeling whole then you can connect to other bodies mm -hmm. <laughs> other people so then you have and then you start getting the connections and then we are a community yep and so that all kind of comes full circle so to me for yoga i think most importantly is about that the community yeah and speaking of community we have a couple guests in studio with us today michelle hello hi thank you for being here and we also have and helena hi i practiced your name <laughs> sarah now it's your turn to say it i was nervous <laughs> I, I have been teaching on Helena <laughs> yes. for two years, and I've called her Angelina. Apparently, I get a pass because that's what other people call her, too. Yes. But um, she showed up and was like, hello, I'm on Helena. I was like, wait. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> have I been saying your name wrong? No, there's no idea. I know, but I want to call you um, the appropriate version of your name, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on it. <laughs> call you on Helena. Uh, so yeah, guys, what does yoga mean to you? Or if you have any, if there's any evolution where you started, where you are now? I mean, I think the same. I started off looking for a way to work out. I don't like working out. I don't like exercise. And so I wanted to find something that I could connect to. And I knew that yoga was a high probability for me because I did a little in college. I did a little in grad school, but it was nothing I ever sustained because of the cost and just moving around in school and all of that. And I work around a lot of trauma, and so I had been doing a lot of reading about the science behind yoga and mindfulness and just recognized that although I really was looking for a workout, that this was also something that was going to really help me manage stuff that was going on in my work life, my personal life. Um, and I think that's why it stuck, because it was really effect it affected me more on that deep level than, mm -hmm. than the physical level alone. Yeah, for sure. That's really cool. And before we pass off the mic, um, I thought it would be important to just give a tiny bit of background of like how long you've been practicing and you know all, all that so sure. we can get to know this a little bit more. So like I did classes in college like at the Y and at grad school at the rec centers, um, but I wouldn't say that it was anything that I ever became like really great at. Um, and then I started with Ventura Grassroots Yoga and Sarah about two years ago and it really was just the draw of being outside, donation based, like no pressure that has been able to keep me committed for the last two years. Um, and it's really been something that I've been able to branch out and try other classes with other teachers because of the comfort that I was able to get from the classes that I started with with Sarah. And that's cool. So real quick, like another question, sorry. Uh, do you see that, you know, yoga that you've practiced, obviously with Sarah and Ventura Grassroots, like that kind of percolating into the other parts of your life? Like any things that you maybe notice that you would use in your daily life from yoga? Oh, definitely. I feel like yoga is an outlook and a philosophy that I really try to live. I'm mm -hmm. not great at it on some days. I was just joking the other day that my goal of being non-judgmental, non-reactive <laughs> in the climate that we're living in now is really, really hard for me. Um, so it's a constant challenge, but it definitely has shifted how I look at the world, how I look at myself, how I want to be interacting with the people around me. And I work in a really political climate. And mm -hmm. so it's been really impactful for me to take those lessons. And that's what I really appreciate about the classes that I've been to is that it does offer that philosophy and sort of the deeper meaning of what we're doing and we're not just moving our bodies in space. Yeah. And so I've been able to apply that throughout my life in the last two years. And I think most people around me would say that they've noticed a shift in that's sort of so how cool. I engage in the world. Yeah. Wow, it's been really cool. cool. It's one of those things that you don't think is going to happen to you. And mm -hmm. you're like, eh, I'm not one of those like yogi types or whatever. <laughs> and then you're just like, oh my God, it's me. It's happening. I have mala beads and I burn sage and I don't know what happened. <laughs> I know those mala beads will get you. I know. It's the fashion of yoga is nice. It's a nice little side thing too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. And what about you, Michelle? Um, for me, actually, mine was completely different. Um, I didn't really go into it for the physical aspect. I didn't think I actually needed to lose weight. I thought I was very healthy and fit and just, I'm naturally petite, but that was no excuse for how I was living at that time. Um, I had just ended a really bad relationship and I was at a really bad spot in my life where even my boss at work was telling me that I had this weird, angry kind of uh, manner about me and that people kind of mm. felt bad coming around me, like walking on eggshells and 
that kind of was my my journey into yoga. Um, I thought I needed more of that meditation, get more of Obviously, I didn't think I needed anger management. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> but, Uh-oh, no, but something kidding. like some kind of um, an output, I guess, you know, some outlet. And uh, yoga was that journey for me. And I became addicted right away. I think my first month of doing yoga, I missed like maybe four days out of that month because wow. there wasn't a class offered because I was doing only the donation-based part classes. And it definitely changed my life. I've thought about becoming a yoga teacher, quitting my career, and just, you know, venturing off to the yoga world completely. But I'm not doing that. I love my job. <laughs> if my boss is listening, your boss is listening. <laughs> she's just perfectly fine where she's at. But yeah, I've, I've fully immersed into yoga right away, and yeah, I mean, I love it. Yeah. Do you feel like it's helped you for those, like, initial reasons why you came to it? Oh, definitely. Um, I had, like, my performance review at work, actually, about four months after I started yoga. And my boss told me everyone in the office had noticed the shift in my attitude and that I was more uplifting and just my normal positive self, the person I always thought I was. But I didn't realize that this, like, dark shadow had kind of come over me because of the relationship I was in. Mm -hmm. And closing that door was the hardest thing I ever did at that time. I mean, obviously now I've gone through other things, but at that time, you know, I didn't realize closing that door was going to open up such a different world for me. And I yeah, <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. I think in the two years that I've been doing yoga, it'll be two years in August. I think I count. I tried counting like the days I've gone. And it's somewhere around 350 classes in two years, so I think that's pretty good. Or one year, nine months. Yeah, girl. That is awesome. So I took some pride in that. Um, Well, I take pride in my yoga practice, I guess. try to take it off my mat, and um, I travel. I go to places for work. I went to London. I did yoga there. I found a studio. Uh, Same thing with Italy. The class was all in Italian. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. (laughs) That is really cool. But everyone always like, you know, says how good yoga is and it's true. It like helps in so many different aspects and jet lag is one of them. (laughs) Honestly, the first day you get there, do some yoga and you're just back on their time. We're back on our time. Yeah. And I've noticed that both of you girls uh, practice when you travel. And I've noticed a lot from Angelina rolling out her mat in the hotel room. I do try to take my mat with me just because traveling sucks. I just don't like airports. I don't like driving. And it's definitely one of those things that I now do for my spirit and my mind more than my body when I'm traveling. Totally. So, so good. Yeah, the reason I wanted you guys to come on is because you guys did come start coming to class at the parks and I've just watched both of you evolve and so I've seen that evolution from start to current and it's just it's super inspiring for as a teacher just so you know um, we have a lot of students you know and and I think when we start with the students and it like works <laughs> mm-hmm. it's really like it motivates me it makes you know me feel like I'm doing something right I guess and um, you know and then Michelle you know ended up going joining the studio after the park because I was like you know and both and and Helena too I both told you guys your practice has has like evolved right and you were like you're ready to move into mm-hmm. like a studio atmosphere and and I remember you were like all scared like, I don't know I don't know if I'm ready <laughs> you're ready both of you practiced for about two years or so right yeah, and thank you to Sarah. I mean, that's that's like a huge testament to you, not as, only as a teacher, but, you know, also a huge testament to the fact that yoga works. Yeah, I mean, I can't take all the credit. I, I know you guys branched out, and any teachers that keep you guys on the path is, like, all good to me. Yeah, it's really good. I will say that I feel like I'm cheating on Sarah, though, when I go to other classes. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. I'm no, I know it's okay, but I feel like I'm cheating. No yeah, way. No, but it's so true, though. You do hold a special place in your heart for the teacher who brings you to the path in some ways because there's a reason why you connect with it, you know, and there's a reason why you connect with that person or whatever it is that they said. But, you know, I think it's, that's special that you guys have that connection. Yeah, it's totally fine. <laughs> that's totally cool. I don't, no, I don't take it personal at all. Again, you know, we're a community, and um, I'm all for community over competition. I, again, like, I just want 
students to go to yoga, whether it's with me. And the thing is, I think as you change too, what you're looking for in a teacher changes also. So it may not be me forever. And if it is, awesome. And if it's not, that's okay too. Because I, I know for me, it's changed a lot. Totally. Teachers that I was, you know, attracted to in the beginning, I'm like, oh, I love her teaching style. I love, you know, what she does or, or he or whatever it is. And then eventually you kind of evolve and change and your needs change and your whatever changes and you start finding another, you know, source of inspiration. And it's, it's as long as you're doing yoga, it's, it's Fine. And since we are all here, I mean, I think it'd be kind of neat to go over some of the beginner fears because <laughs> I've read tons of articles. I myself was a beginner. You guys were beginners. We were all beginners at once. And that's the beauty that we all share is that at some point in time, we were all beginners. You know, and it's important to remember that and remember like what that felt like. And some of the things that I was have seen and heard and I know you've probably heard and you've even experienced and we've all experienced is um you know I love the excuse of I'm not good at yoga did you guys ever think that no I mean were you like I'm a pro at your first class (laughs) because as a teacher or even working at a studio most people that's what they say they're they're scared because they're not good at yoga Mm -hmm. and and I think we we touched on this in episode one but just as a quick recap and to let you girls know kind of what we were talking about is that it's not it's not a sport first of all so you're not looking to become good ever (laughs) and then then second like you don't ever become good because yoga there's no stopping point you you're always changing Mm -hmm. and that's kind of the whole point of yoga and your practice might get stronger but that's just a result of earnest effort it's not a um, it's not a talent and it's not a competition and it's not a show. And Angelina, you said something like, you know, about your, um, how much yoga has impacted your daily life. And you're like, oh yeah, some days I'm good at it and bad at it. And it's, you know, the simple fact that you're even having that dialogue in your head is a testament to showing that you've, you started that process of observing your mind, your thoughts, right? So that's, uh, I just wanted to point that out because I thought that was cool. I was like, oh, she's doing it. She's doing the yoga. <laughs> doing that yoga thing. Yeah. yeah, I definitely struggle though when it comes to uh, road rage. Mm. That's why yeah. you really have to practice it because you're kind of, you know, you're in your own car. You can get as mad as you want and cuss and whatever and you have to remember like that person's just a person you know it's not that big of a hurry to get somewhere totally relax, take a breath you know practice what? your breathing <laughs> you know I, know. I always think to my new thing when i like start to get real major i'm like behind someone's driving super slow and i'm like oh my god hurry up i'm trying to so what i always tell myself i'm like whose fault is it you're in a rush mm. it's my own damn fault like, my whole thing, though, is what if it's someone that's going to the exact same spot as yeah. you? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> get out at the same time. You're like, sorry about that. <laughs> totally. Yeah, and you're like, Shh, did I cut you off? I'm sorry. Did I flip you off? Hi, I'm your yoga teacher, Sarah. I actually have thought about that, though. Like, when I'm out in public, I'm like, I better not be a dick. Because that person watch is going to, like, show up in my class and be like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry about yeah, that. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a here, yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. I'm worried that I'm flipping off somebody that I work with or that I, I need to be working with in the future and I'm like okay I gotta watch this and like again with the non-judgment like you know they have they're having their day yep and I don't know what their day is they don't know what my day is and I gotta let it go mm-hmm. I'm still not good at all absolutely yeah, but and that's why it's a practice, right? I mean, yeah. it's like you've said it, we've all said it, and we've, you know, it's a practice. It's not perfect. <laughs> and anyone that's, you know, even pretends to be that they're perfect, run. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> run away. Not I'm real. Just kidding. Yeah. But yeah, so it starts on your mat. Mm-hmm. And that's the, and I think that's why um, asana, which is our, our physical practice, which is one of the eight limbs of yoga, that's why asana is so, it's kind of, becomes like synonymous with yoga like yoga now equals asana like in the western world Mm -hmm. it's all about the physical postures because i truly think that asana is where it starts you start on your mat you practice you go to yoga practice you don't necessarily go to class or a session like it's a practice you're practicing your other um like your other eight limbs and it starts on your mat you practice with your body first and then eventually when you become skilled at those things on your mat it starts to, you can start to utilize those tools off your mat mm-hmm. it's not easy Mm-mm. like you said that's why you practice a lot yes <laughs> so you go to yoga practice every day <laughs> and then eventually you may not need as much asana 
And I, again, I think we talked about this a little bit in the last podcast, but you don't have to do asana to be practicing yoga. Sometimes yeah. the asana makes you want more asana. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah, you become addicted. Yeah, you're, you're like, I need to do something. I need a forward fold or something. <laughs> and that's and then that's that's when you um, injure yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I swear though, because life gives you what you need. And if and on Helena, just like, did you break your foot or fracture it? I just strained my strained muscle. Her. Yeah, but it hurt like a lot. But <laughs> so you have to think about like why life or the universe is giving you these things or opportunities or it's like whoa whoa slow down for me like when i sprained my wrist instead of just being like man this sucks poor me now my my practice has gone to shit and i'm like gonna lose my downward dog instead you have to like switch that viewpoint maybe i was doing too much asana and i need to kind of redirect my energy elsewhere in the meantime because if you don't listen to the universe it will bring you down <laughs> it'll like kick you out kick you on your ass mm-hmm. it'll give you what you need if you don't listen eventually for sure yeah yep. so <laughs> so i know um so also what about i'm not flexible that yeah. kind of goes hand in hand with the i'm not good oh yeah the i'm not flexible um I think those are probably like the two is I'm not flexible, I'm not good at yoga, or I'm just embarrassed. Um, I, think, I can barely touch my toes. Why would I go to yoga? Mm-hmm. Uh, is that your question? <laughs> <laughs> That's the reason why you should go to yoga. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, do I answer that? Is it so obvious? Yeah. Yeah. But I, but I do think that people have this mentality that yoga is like, a, they, they do, you have to be good at Like you're going to try out a basketball or something. Like You have to be able to throw a basketball. You don't have to be able to do anything. Mm-hmm. Just breathe and move your body mm-hmm. and show up. Yeah, and I think that's like probably one of the first lessons. And I said it again. Dang it. I said, like, crap, guys, you gotta help me out here. <laughs> Take a shot of your tea. <laughs> um, get, get you a shot collar. <laughs> I was thinking that. I was like, I'm gonna get a awful. shot collar in case he can shock me every time I say, um. <laughs> that would be horrible. I think I should do horror work. That's how you kind of dress it. Oh. So you guys need to do some horror work. Okay, we're gonna keep tallying. <laughs> that was all night. brutal. <laughs> I'm not gonna night. say that word ever again. <laughs> I have to be ripped. Sorry. Six Washed pack. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, so I think that's one of the first lessons when you're is coming to your mat in a class. It's the first time there. That is your first challenge in, in yoga, right? Is the just showing up going past all those initial fears or judgments that we have in our head of, oh my God, this is going to be horrible. I'm going to look like a fool. I'm going to be stuck in the front of the class or I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to look like a complete idiot, right? So you have those thoughts, but then what do you do? Do you let those thoughts take hold and not go? Which a lot of people unfortunately do, but I think eventually you get there and you're like, okay, screw it. I'm just going to do this, you know? And then that's your first lesson and you're like, oh, it wasn't so bad. (laughs) No one really cared that I was drooling or something you know it's like you realize yeah and a lot of the time if the teacher's doing a good job mm-hmm. uh the people everyone's in their bodies and so you're not even paying attention to what's going on i know when i practice in a group setting like it's just like you become in this little bubble you just mm-hmm. don't even see mm-hmm. anyone else and i know at first it's hard as a beginner because you're like you don't know you have to look you and do and that's the benefit of a class yeah you know? that's part of Mm-hmm. Of, there's no overcoming that you just you, at first it's kind of awkward and you can't quite get in your body because you're busy you know, looking around and trying to figure out what's going on but that's why you go to practice over and over and eventually you don't you don't have to look at anyone and you start noticing the, the lingo and and also if you go to the same teacher you know you can kind of like like you get their them, style for sure and you're just like you're with them and you don't even have to think anymore you're just like in the zone I've also heard too about things that happen in class and uh, about, you know, bodily functions. <laughs> it happens, <laughs> you know, but that being a fear of someone while in class being like, well, what if I'm twisting and I fart? <laughs> so you go to the fart class. <laughs> <laughs> Do you hear that bird chirping? <laughs> that crow is sick. Oh my God, that's oh so my good. <laughs> Huh? Oh my god. <laughs> that is one of the perks of going to a park class, it y'all. It really is, though, because in the studio, sometimes it's like you hear a pin 
drop, you know? <laughs> and if it's a hot studio, forget uh, about it. You're screwed. I'm just kidding. I'm Casey, totally kidding. Did you, when you were teaching on Sunday, did you hear the crows? <laughs> I did. Oh, my God. They were out of control. They were. There was, like, this squad crows <laughs> on Poli, yeah. and they were squawking up a storm. I love crows, though. That's why. That was my Is posse. That, that was my posse. So they showed up there doing yoga, too. <laughs> <It was. laughs> just kidding. I know. There was a lot of sounds going on that morning. <laughs> yeah. nature. Yeah. But that's something, again, that I think that's one of the things I've learned, too, is just the humility of yoga and how much it's just, in some ways, really breaks you open and makes you so much more real because it's just, you realize that shit happens, you know? And everybody's got some story like that. or Absolutely. You know, most of the time... No one even like notices or oh well, especially like if you're in a hot sweaty studio, like every sound sounds like a fart. I know. <laughs> like <laughs> armpits <laughs> sweaty, yeah. That, like mm-hmm. yeah. It's like I don't know. I don't I definitely don't like notice anymore. If yeah. I do, I, I don't like think about it. No. Yeah. And again, that's also the process of it being in our mind and our thoughts, you know, and rather than it being a thought of connecting us, we use it to keep us separate, right? Disconnect. So I don't know. I just think that it's a lesson to whatever you have that may be disconnecting you or whatever fear you might have. Know that it's okay and it's normal. Like you're not the only person to have thought of any of maybe excuses as a beginner, especially if you're, you know, really wanting to try yoga, but you're not alone. <laughs> Embarrassed in general, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid that they're going to look embarrassing. Because I got some stories for you guys about that kind of stuff. <laughs> Wait, like personal stories? <laughs> sure, or yeah. Stories? Do you want me to tell them now? No, when I've been as a student, for sure. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, do, we'll do like an embarrassing podcast. I know, we should, because had, I've had pretty pretty good ones. I mean, definitely stories as a teacher. <laughs> yeah. What about one, you know, that comes up a lot, I think, in the yoga community is that, you know, I'm not, I'm not skinny enough. And I think a lot of that has to do with Instagram and Facebook and and social media and yeah you see girls doing yoga in these beautiful poses and and i i post poses myself you same know, guilty of it but i certainly don't want that to turn anyone away from yoga thinking like well i don't look like that so i definitely won't fit in mm-hmm. uh, but you know i i'm always working hard to make people feel welcome and accepted because that is a part of being a community is being accepting of everyone well, yeah. on social media, I have noticed, though, they've been posting a lot more just normal, yeah. everyday women. And it's because they do yoga because you anyone can do yoga, really. Absolutely. And, yeah, you don't have to be flexible. You don't have to be skinny. It's the practice itself is a reward, I would say. Who's the, the um, teacher that you love? Oh. You just had her book. I did have her book, and I should have brought it today. Dang, Jocelyn. Yes, I forget what her name is. In case you'll look it up. Yep. And I was going to add that I subscribe to Yoga Journal, and I actually have noticed lately, I swear, within the past, like, two issues, um, their, mod- their, like, models that are doing the poses are actually older. And the last one was, like, an old guy. It was it was great. It was a nice, like, change from usually in the past. It's just always, you know, girls in their 20s and they're skinny and they're, like, flexible. Well, now they're having, like, older women do the modeling, which I think is, is really more inviting for people to the practice. Yeah, people go off of social media a lot these days. Yeah, again, Instagram and social media is a beautiful thing because it can connect people, but also understanding that in some ways... People can use that as a way to paint their lives, to look however they want to look. So taking that at face value is, I wouldn't recommend it personally. I think it could be a great tool for inspiration or connection. And I think that's awesome. You know, like I've had some great experiences as in like keeping in contact with people and and connection. But, you know, yeah, like if you're seeing yoga poses and this girl's like super thin and her head is like... I don't know where, her foot somewhere. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, we've all seen that, and that can be beautiful, and that can be maybe, okay, I wanna, that's a goal of mine, and use that as an inspiration tool. But if you're finding that you're changing that dialogue in your head and being like, oh God, I could never look like that, or I could never be like that, then I would, I would ask yourself to maybe just question, you know, if that's beneficial to you and and really take it upon yourself to kind of stop following those feeds until you get to a place where you're a little bit 
more comfortable with that, you know, or you're comfortable with yourself or you've gotten your practice a little bit more, you know, because I've had to do that. I when I really started yoga, that's when it kind of snapped with me where I was like, I'm looking at these things and I'm envying everything. And I'm like, God, my life is not like that. But then with yoga, it really helped me be grateful and keep that as like a practice that I try to do daily. Not every day. I'm not great at it. But, you know, it's a practice. But yeah, so I would just say that <laughs> I did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I stopped following certain people on on social media because I actually was doing the same exact thing like following them for the the fact that I was like oh I just want to be like like, (laughs) and the more like I did yoga and stuff I'd feel good and confident and then I would just see something they do that was even better than like what I learned to do and I'm like this is not Mm -hmm. yoga you know so I stopped following a lot of a lot of those people and anything that I post now I just I'm posting just you know as inspiration if anyone ever feels like you know they're trying to like compete or take on my body which will never happen or my practice which will never happen either because we all have our own bodies and our own individual practice and and so I, I definitely don't want anyone to ever feel feel that way you know? yeah for sure and the teacher I just found her on Google <laughs> uh, her book is called everybody yoga let go of fear get on the mat and love your body and her name is Jessamine Stanley Jessamine Stanley and she's known because she is a plus size woman and she's doing these beautiful poses and she's a teacher and she's just very approachable and real and you know I think people of all weights sizes skin colors religions background anything can use yoga as like a an aid my name is Jessamine so my name is J-E-S-S-A-M-Y-N so on Instagram that's what she is and she's awesome she is awesome. I love her book. Incredible. So that's a good one, one to read. One of the things that was most helpful early on in Sarah's classes was the message of don't try to make your poses look like what you're seeing because your alignment, your body is different than the people that you're looking at. Mm-hmm. And that was really helpful for me because at the beginning I did want my poses to look like what I was seeing. And then Absolutely. I realized that like that didn't feel very good in my body because my body isn't that person's body. And so I think having that reminder that the goal is not to make your pose look like something. The goal is to just, it's going to look how it's going to look for your body and be okay with that. And for sure. That, that was really a powerful message. All right. However it's going to look, it might not look pretty, but it's how it, this is how my body is. And then therefore that's pretty. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I was just reading a book. I think it was my yin yoga book talking about how we, in yoga, we don't modify our bodies to fit the pose. We modify the pose to fit our bodies. There's not a one size fits all. There's not a mold, and we all shouldn't look the same. How weird would that be? Though? It would be super so weird. Boring. It would be really boring. <laughs> yeah, and so we we modify the poses to fit our individual bodies. And for me, and you start to like learn your body. You're like, I have a really long torso. Like I have a really long <laughs> torso. And so it's like really hard. It's challenging for me to do certain poses. And sometimes I find myself like beating myself up. You know, and I'm like. I have this damn long freaking torso. Yeah. But, but it's, okay a great torso. My, it's a great torso. I'm okay with my torso. Yeah, now. come on. I love your torso, Sarah. Torso. <laughs> I'm all good with the torso. <laughs> and again, you know, I just have to remind myself, it doesn't mean I'm not doing the pose right or that I'm not good at yoga or anything. It's just that my body's different. I have short legs, if that makes you feel better. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. They get me where I need to go, so it's all yeah. good. <laughs> Um, So, I mean, are there some other fears or concerns that you guys have had that maybe when you first started yoga that you were like, oh, shit. earlier to Sarah that there's the fear of showing up late to Ah, class. mm -hmm. And then you're just like, I'm not going to go. Exactly, right? I'm not going. Yeah. (laughs) But just showing up, I mean, especially, like we said, the the classes in the park make it very accessible Mm -hmm. and very easy and welcoming. So showing up late isn't that bad. You can go in the back of the class, be Mm -hmm. a little bit hidden. People don't see, you know, maybe how unflexible you are and they're not judging you. So you feel a little bit more comfortable, especially as a beginner. I know I was in the back of the class for probably a majority of my classes in the very beginning um, until I started feeling more confident and I had that that bubble kind of surrounded me and I didn't see anyone else around me. I knew the poses. I knew, you know, what was coming next and it was really nice. Yeah. The back of the class thing is so fascinating to me. I mean, like I get it. I get it. Yeah. But it I feel so bad for the people that want to be in the back of the class because it's it's ironic because they want to be in the back of the class because they're new. But then you can't see anyone. But then they can't see. Yeah. <laughs> 
and they're even more confused. I know. Like I get it's sometimes so, you can't hear. Yeah, like, yeah, you can't hear, you can't see. Like, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. So like, oh, she she said laugh. Now I'm on my yeah. right. I don't know what's right. going on. <laughs> yeah, like I get it, but it, it's also like frustrating as a teacher because I'm like, oh, we need. They come close. We took showers. We don't smell. We don't have cooties. They come close to us. There's always that gap, right? There always is a gap. Like when I first started teaching, I was like, seriously, do people not like me? What is the deal? They're all like as far away as they can. It's in the back. That's like the prime spot. You get there early, so you get the back. Yeah. I used to be one of those. And then people line up on the sides next. And like front and center is always like, ooh. (laughs) No. I know. I used to, I honestly used to be back of the class all the time in my corner. Like it was my zone. And then, One day I showed up late to class and I was like, shoot. And I sure enough got like smack dab right next to the teacher in the front row. And I was like, oh shit. But I literally had like the best experience ever. And I was like, why wasn't I doing this before? The best is when you're forced to do that. Oh, I come to class late and it's full. And the teacher's like, right here, I have a spot for you. And you're like, you fucking bitch. It's like, right in the center. I'll move my mat. And so you're literally stand like in their spot. Like, Jesus. Oh, I, I think I have to be somewhere. What? Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but once you get over that, it's so much more free. Be wherever you want to be in class. I think that part of the challenge of why I stayed away from yoga for so long after trying it a couple times was the cost and just how expensive it is, the clothes, like I don't have the right pants, I don't I don't want to wear a tight tank top or whatever it is. And so I think that having the donation-based classes in Ventura has been really, really helpful because my husband was out of work for a really long time. Like I did not have the budget to do Mm -hmm. anything more than donation-based. And I think that that was, if that hadn't been the opportunity for me, I probably would not have been able to connect to all of the higher stuff that I'm experiencing with yoga. And so I think the cost in our culture can be really, really hard for people. And it it makes me sad that there are other communities that don't have accessible mm-hmm. donation-based yoga because it's it's not something that has to be expensive. I mean, I know there's overhead for studios and paying teachers and all of that stuff, but it's unfortunate when it gets to be sort of positioned as something for people that have more wealth or have more resources. Mm-hmm. And that's not what yoga is supposed to be yeah. at its very deep core. And so I think having the donation is really really helpful especially for beginners because you don't feel like you're investing like 150 bucks in a membership and you're like yeah I'm, i might not ever go back and i have to put out all this cash and so yeah that, i think for me that's really what hooked me in the most absolutely that's an awesome point and that's something we were kind of talking about for beginners i think that's a question that's asked a lot is you know do i do donation classes or do i jump into a studio or you know what is a beginner class or those questions that arise so yeah i mean if you find yourself as a beginner i think a solution to a lot of those fears that we have initially would be to ask questions i know you kind of said this before sarah is to literally just ask questions ask people in your community, ask a studio, call them, you know, ask maybe a teacher that you know or your friends that maybe do yoga or just show up to a donation class and ask questions, you know? like Yeah, connecting with the teacher and just, and it feels so good and freeing to just be like, I'm new, I don't know mm-hmm. what's going on, you know, like yeah. help, what do I do, how many times a week should I be doing this or like just advice and all of those things that you think in your head, talk about it with your teacher. Um, and I just wanted to add on to what Aunt Helena was saying about the cost. And the good thing about the donation classes is it gets you hooked, right? And then your priorities shift. And then 100 some odd dollars a month doesn't sound so bad. Right. And I used to be there, and I can actually personally attribute to this. I was one of those people too that was like, I'm not paying a hundred and whatever dollars. A hundred even sounded outrageous to me because I was used to paying. 40 at a gym or something and I was like I'm not paying a hundred dollars to do yoga they don't even have weights or anything and then so I did like a home practice for a really long time but you can only get so far in home practice and you can really only get so far in the park classes too to be honest just because of the environment it's just a completely different animal and then your practice becomes strong or it evolves and you need that more and yoga becomes such a priority in your life that all of a sudden like your priorities shift and you're like hundred dollars is actually a pretty good deal mm-hmm. you know so it's it's funny how that works right I mean Michelle well yeah, I think uh, <laughs> even with the donation base I think one month I went maybe 20 25 times with mm-hmm. five dollars that's 125 right there so yeah, yeah 100 and something dollars sounds like a good deal to me yeah <laughs> I'd pay totally it. 
And even traveling, I mean, I pay $25 a class just for one single class. And I'm like, I could have a really nice meal right now, but I want to do yoga. Yeah. (laughs) And your priorities, that's, yeah, it's all about priorities. Yeah, my priorities definitely shifted, and I definitely make time for yoga Mm -hmm. no matter what. It's just something I have to do almost now. Um, It's hard for beginners to make that a priority when you don't even know what you're doing yet. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even know if I'll like this. How can it be a priority? So it doesn't seem like a very good deal. If you get into like a, a habit of practicing and you become embodied in your practice, then essentially there's like, I don't want to say there's no amount of money, but it starts to, your priorities definitely shift after a while. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely becomes more worth it for sure when you've seen all the benefits and the gifts that you've been yes. given through that practice, you know. Um, but yeah, I think as a beginner, donations are, are huge. Donation classes are huge. And I, I loved that you both kind of started with that. I thought that was so beautiful. Because I started the opposite. I started the studio. But I started with the Karma Yogi program so that I didn't have to pay, but I did work. Yeah. You know, which is another great opportunity for beginners. If a studio offers a Karma Yogi program, jump on it. You know, you do a shift, maybe two shifts at the studio cleaning, working the front desk, and then you'll get a free practice. Yeah, you I know? love the Karma Yogi program. I think it's beautiful. And studios do do it across like a total thing. It's a thing. So Karma Yogi all programs a thing. Yeah, you just trade your time. You know, you're give. You are giving. You know, you're not getting something for free. You actually are. You're giving your time and your dedication, and it works great for the studio as well. It's a really, really good deal for people that genuinely can't afford it. I mean, some people literally cannot afford. Oh yeah. When I first started, I mean. I guess I could just say it. Like when I first started, I had made a transition in my life, quit one of my jobs because it was no longer healthy for me. And I had no money. (laughs) I had to like apply for food stamps and was not, I was not about it, you know? So I, the Karma Yogi program literally came into my life at like the most perfect time. So I, you know, been there, done that. Like we, it's awesome. (laughs) So I have a, I have a special place for the Karma Yogi program in my life. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. What would you say is like another solution to those fears or questions that we might have, Sarah? Well, for me personally, just in my life in general, is just asking questions. Yeah. And anytime I don't know, or even anytime I feel nervous about something, talking about it with someone makes me feel so much better. Mm-hmm. And again, I think it's that communal aspect where it's like, we just want to connect. I don't mind feeling stupid or dumb or not knowing <laughs> what I'm doing or messing up. I don't even mind making mistakes as long as I feel... I'm not the only one. Absolutely. So you can like talk to someone else and connect and be like, hey, are you new too? Or hey, teacher, I'm new. And just make some sort of connection. And I think that is really encouraging. It's hard to make connections. And so hopefully your teachers force you to. Yes. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) I would say too, and I guess this comes with maybe those we could touch base on some tips and tricks um, is to be prepared. When you guys first took your first class did you ever maybe do research or how did you know what to do for your first class do you remember you needed a yoga mat (laughs) obviously the leggings a sports bra uh basics like that and then i brought a bottle of water yeah sweet (laughs) nailed it (laughs) but i didn't have any workout leggings i realized all like kind of my gym clothes weren't really like actual workout clothes they were just cotton leggings yeah (laughs) and like white beater type of tank Mm -hmm. tops yeah and going to the yoga class, I definitely felt like I needed to. So I went to Target. I got a cheaper pair. Yeah. So it was still semi-accessible to me. Um, I still have them to this day, and I love them. But yeah, I mean, places like Target, Walmart, I mean, they have reasonable price leggings. And you definitely feel more comfortable, though, when you have the right attire. That's for sure. Absolutely. I was such a hater on the expensive yoga clothes for the longest time. I was a hater. I only have one pair of Lululemon, but I never wear them because I don't want to have to like wash them. And, and <laughs> I have, like my special <laughs> pair. Yeah, yeah, keep them nice. On special occasions, <laughs> the Lululemon comes out. Nice nice That's how I have like my white aloe pants because you know white fades. Oh, yeah. Like every time I wash my white leggings, they get a little bit yellower. Like, oh no. Yes, less white, so like they only come out on special occasions. But That's awesome. yeah, I was a hater of the, the expensive clothing. But again, I think it's that mentality that your, your priorities change. So when yoga is such a big part of your life and you're practicing so much, you start to really actually need the, the nicer stuff. Because they last longer. They last 
last longer. They let you sweat and uh -huh. they get it really soft and comfortable. And granted, some cheaper companies are now making stuff that's like actually pretty legit too. But yeah, the, the cotton leggings that you get from Forever 21 only hold up for so long. And for sure. most of them are secret. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I would say. Do it check. Ladies, Woo. if if no one knows out there about this, Please check it out. Because how would you know unless someone like tells you, right? Yeah. Well, just check it out. Have like, like your best friend. Do a wide-legged standing <laughs> forward fold. Okay. You can't just stand normal. You have yeah, to forward. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stand in like the sunlight. No, it's not the turn. Don't just turn around and check it out. Like you gotta like spread the legs. Yep. Deep bend over. Yep. Like, yeah, you gotta check it out. Cause that. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> As a teacher and as a student, that's one of like the most uncomfortable things. Not uncomfortable, and I shouldn't if you're say that. In the back row and you're in front of you someone know, yeah. through leggings. Mm -hmm. It's unfortunate. Yeah. It is. I have a pair of leggings that I didn't scope out that actually is expensive. I won't call them out, but it's one of one of the expensive brands. Uh -huh. And I practiced them for a while. And then one day I realized I was like, motherfucker, this shit is see-through. I've been uh -oh, wearing girl. these. Uh oh. <laughs> so bad. Yeah. So annoying. Well, it happens, you know. Yeah. Now yeah. you don't. Now you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so I would say that's a good thing to do is check your pants. Check, you know, and wear, especially if they're see-through, wear chonies. <laughs> underwear, that is. I sorry, chonies is my term for underwear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Um, and then. Like, kind of touch based on it, like, the fear of arriving late. Like, maybe just show up, allow yourself that time to get there. You never know if there's going to be traffic, depending on where you live. Especially if you're a newbie. You it's nice. You want to a little early because then you're, like, you're probably going to have to sign a waiver. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to want to decide what, what you're doing, whether it's a drop-in or some sort of intro rate. At, at the donation class, it's, it's a little different because you just sign your name and, you know, drop something in the jar. But at a studio, you need to sign up ahead of time. And so arriving to class, your first class kind of like pan in a panic state doesn't really kick off the, the journey that well. No. But feel <laughs> free to come in late. I know a lot of people will poke their heads in, little you know, students will poke their heads in. Can I come in, is it okay? It's always okay, like for me at least, as a teacher, yeah, please come in. Same, I mean, yeah. Don't like come in and flop your mat out and There's a way to do it, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, there's a, a way to do it. And and I think, yeah, making eye contact with the teacher so they know you're coming in is, is good. We also have on here bringing a friend. Yes. Or finding a friend is what I actually wrote on here too, saying um, hello, making a friend. And I've noticed that in my classes, what all brings me joy too, especially because I'm all about the community, is when I notice that my students are starting to be like friendly, yeah. like friends, they, like, they see each other and I know they don't know each other outside of my class, really awesome to see them like, oh, hey girl, you know, and they're like talking and catching up. I like, love that. Because having a friend there is, it holds you accountable and it anime just makes it more enjoyable. Mm -hmm. you know? Oh, for sure. For sure. And I think too, from just my experience of practicing and being a teacher, the days that you really don't feel like you want to connect and maybe you just want to isolate yourself and stay home, it's really probably the time you should push yourself and just step out of your comfort zone and go to that class or just be like, hey, what's your name? Like who's sitting next to you in class? You know, like what do you do for work? Just put yourself out there because I guarantee you it'll make you feel better. I mean, it does make you feel so much better just to talk to someone. You know, you just don't know. You could be sitting next to your best friend eventually. So, funny story for my first <laughs> class. I was supposed to take a friend to my very first class uh -huh. with Sarah. She blew me off and I was like, <gasps> Good. Like all these people have been doing it already. Like, yeah. I, I, my bringing a friend was like, well, at least if I look like an ass, I have my friend to also yeah. look like an ass with me. And she blew me off, and I almost didn't go to class for that reason. Wow. But because it was down the street from me, I was like, I'm just, I'm gonna do this. This is all about getting out of my comfort zone. Like, I'm not gonna let this get in the way. And the message that I got, I still remember it from the first class because Sarah gives out messages from the universe or delivers messages on behalf of the universe. Totally. To and it was all about me embracing my solitude because I am an introvert. So as much as I wanted to bring a friend, my true self is very introverted. And I got that message and I was like, okay, this was the choice I was supposed to make. And so I like bringing a friend, but I also really enjoy just having space and time for myself where I don't have to worry about other people's emotions mm -hmm. or their needs. And it really is 60 minutes of 
just me. Yeah. So I think it can go both ways depending on like totally. where you're at in your life or your day or your week or whatever. And that is true, right? You show up to class and it's somehow the teacher's in your brain just reading and saying exactly what you need to hear. <laughs> it's, you know, like universe brings to you what you're ready for and what you need. Yeah, so, you know, for that day, you were going to go with a friend. Well, your friend blew you off. It was meant to be that way because what you actually needed was the opposite. So, yeah, the, no matter what you do, the universe has has other plans. Okay, so real quick, you kind of, we had talked about we were going to brush over the eight limbs of yoga because um, our Western culture is very much heavy on the asana and that like you had said, is interchangeable. Sarah, you did said, you know, yoga, we equate Austin and the physical practice to it, which is kind of neat because you even, on Helena and Michelle, you guys have kind of touched based on some of the actual other eight limbs of, of yoga. So it'll be kind of neat for us to actually go over it. So Sarah, do you want to just maybe start? Kick it off. Yeah. So the first limb of yoga are the yamas. So the yamas are doing away with our negative actions that create remorse about the past and fear about the future. And there are five yamas. Casey, you want to go over the five yamas? Yeah. So there is um, ahimsa. You gotta correct me if I say these wrong. I practice, but I think everybody says them all. I can like hardly talk <laughs> ever. So <laughs> this is not my strong suit. <laughs> um, ahimsa, which is the practice of nonviolence. You have satya, which is truthfulness. It's a good one. Asteya, non-stealing. <laughs> and brahmacharya, and that's moderation. And then apahigraha, which is non-hoarding. And then we've got the second limb of yoga, which is, are the niyamas, which is taking the energy freed up by the yamas and channeling it into actions that promote health in ourselves and with others. And sosha is the first one. Soka. Pure, soka. Damn it. <laughs> Soka, uh, purity, and then santosha, contentment, tapas, which is zeal. Um, so another way of saying that is like the fire is like what I like to say, your fire, the passion that keeps your practice um, going. Svadhyaya, self-study, and then Ishvari Pranidhana is devotion to a higher power. Awesome. And then the Thank third you. limb ah, of yoga I'm good. <laughs> is, as we all know, the asana is the physical postures yeah and then we have pranayama which is our breath work one of my favorites Mindful <laughs> and we have pratyahara turning inward so turning our senses to ourselves and then you want to do the last three? Oh, you gave me the great ones did you this <laughs> for practice girl come on here <laughs> um <laughs> shoot i don't know how to, i know we did okay um <clears throat> darana is concentration <laughs> People are like, and I'm a yoga teacher? I am, I swear I am, okay? <laughs> um, dhyana, meditation, and then samadhi. Union of the self, which is like the object of meditation. Samadhi is kind of the ultimate goal. And so some would say like the example of that would be like um, the enlightened. Yeah, and or even just that moment of bliss. I think bliss is another way it's described. And the a lot of people experience samadhi on their mats yeah. and so at the be or at the end of practice I should say not the beginning at the end of practice usually a lot of us uh, towards the end are really in our bodies and we experience this just like blissful state or just like so cool with mm -hmm. everything in life and that is samadhi and sometimes it's only for like a split second but we, we do experience it it doesn't even have to be our yoga practice like mm -hmm. sometimes we're just at the park with our dog and we experience this like just here moment right of, and it's yeah like you joy. you realize how everything is connected and it's almost like you uh, perfectly said bliss you know you just feel that ecstatic moment of happiness where everything is right everything is okay and you're exactly where you should be. And so for the eight limbs, it's not really a, you do one and then you move on to the other. Mm -mm. It's not a ladder of any sort. Uh, I think the only one that seems like maybe above the others is Samadhi because it's kind of like an, an, a heightened, enlightened state. But all of the other ones really all kind of work together and you practice them at the same time. And we'll definitely do a podcast on them because I, yeah, I think in it's detail. Awesome. Yeah, and that, that'll probably be like a process, you know, because each one is massive. That's probably not the right word I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, each one is complex. Is it complex? No, it's like, it's full. Like, there's so much to talk about within each one of these limbs that it's, you know, really hard to encapsulate and just like brush over. So, yeah, we're holding we, in our hands right now. Yes.
Meditations from the Map by Rolf Gates, which is a personal favorite of mine. Mine too. Um, mine has a duct taped. Yeah, girl. What has your book been through? Jeez. Mine looks like mine needs to be hardcover. But yeah, it it goes through Meditations from the Map from Rolf Gates is amazing. It is goes absolutely. through all of the eight limbs of yoga in a really normal quote-unquote way it's very down to earth if anyone's looking for a book this is the book that i recommend for sure it's not like what did i just read you know like it's not very heady it's very just like you read it it's an easy read down to earth goes Mm -hmm. over the eight limbs you're like sweet that applies to me yeah he makes it absolutely really relatable and then I would just say other books if you wanted to take it a step further. I mean, one that I kind of read when I actually was going through my teacher training was How Yoga Works. And it was just a beautiful story that kind of just kind of exemplified how yoga works. I mean, it's as simple as that. You know, it just kind of showed the transformation of a teacher and student and um, just a beautiful story. So if someone wanted to read that, that's one I'd also recommend. And then the one by our friend Jessamine Stanley, Everybody Yoga, Let Go of Fear, Get on the Mat and Love Your Body. I think that one's definitely accessible to everyone as well. So I don't know if you guys have anything else to add. What would you say? Maybe we'll end with this. What would you say to a beginner and or to someone who's like okay I want to do yoga but holy shit <laughs> what would you say I think I'm just gonna steal from Nike and I would say just do it like, yeah! you know, like just like Nike got a thing going I, on this is coming from somebody who is in my head all of the time I overthink <laughs> everything that I do I think about everything that comes out of my mouth for like hours on end after it comes out of my mouth so, but I can authentically say that if you just take the risk mm-hmm. and go for it you will never ever ever regret it Mm. But you just have to take that leap. It really is about taking a leap, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed that I definitely push yoga on a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> you become that person. Uh-oh. I'm that person. Definitely. I'm like, you just have to do it. Just try it. Like, I don't know what it's doing to me, but I love it. It makes me feel so good inside. Just do it. Same thing. You know, just do it. Just mm-hmm. try it. Not everyone, I think, is going to fall in love with it. Um just try it. I mean, Shavasana feels great at the end. You know? I know. <laughs> Definitely, that's when you kind of have that little blissful moment of, God, my body did so much. I can't believe I did that. And it's done. And it's not like it was a workout necessarily. It was a workout. Like your body did a lot, but mentally, you just it was feel a work so in. good. It was yeah. a work in. Definitely. Yeah. Sarah, do you have any words you'd say to a newbie? I'm trying to swallow my popcorn. <laughs> I don't know. I'm still deciding on if this was a good thing to have popcorn in here or not because I've been eating it the whole time. (laughs) I also want to say that each time you go gets, I don't want to say it gets easier, but it gets more relaxing, more More comfortable. Yeah, each time is more rewarding. Each time you get more comfortable. The first time you go, the first time you do anything, it's not just yoga. The first time you do anything is always a little scary. It's always, it's always kind of bumpy. And you might not have a great time. You might leave and be like, I don't see what all the fuss is about. That was kind of weird. The chanting <laughs> and the sage and all that shit. <laughs> Some healing crystals came out. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> but then um, each time you go, it gets a little bit just yeah more comfortable for sure understand things a little better you understand yourself a lot better i think i was still calling myself a beginner after like a year Mm -hmm. i think i was with sarah we were talking to someone and i said something like oh well i'm still beginner and she's like no you're not like why would you say that you've been doing it came into the studio oh yeah what class should i take as a beginner i'm like oh dude you're not a beginner (laughs) (laughs) but you just naturally kind of feel like you're still growing there's still that process like i'm still doing new poses every day or getting further in that pose and it feels so good and you know it's a process it's not like I'm gonna be amazing the first day obviously every single day I feel like I'm getting better and better yeah some days I definitely don't feel great and very wobbly but that's just part of the process oh I think keeping that beginner's mind is really important which we can we could do a whole podcast on the beginner's mind which I love but really the point that I was trying to make with you was that you were ready, you had a strong practice, and that I felt that unless you were pushed into something a little bit more, that you were gonna fall off that path. Because if we get too comfortable in our practice, then we start to get bored because we're not being like pushed and we're not building and we're not experiencing yeah. new things or we're not going to classes that seem kind of scary. It's like, should I? class I hear it's really gnarly <laughs> yeah. and my it took answer me, uh, a year and a half to even attempt a, a headstand or a handstand just because I was so nervous and I've oh. heard stories about 
you know, hurting yourself because you're not ready for it yet. You know, you want to get to that level mm -hmm. of your body being strong enough to do it. And even now I get so nervous, like, am I strong enough? But then I reassure myself, I am strong enough. I can yeah. do this. And it's a practice, so I just keep going with it. I still can't yeah. do it all the way, but it's just doing it, just trying it. And when I do kind of have that tilt where I feel like, oh, I'm going to get it. It feels so good because your body you've accomplished something yeah your for body sure. remembers the last time and so the next time just i don't know yeah That's and, cool. and then hopefully as a beginner you find a teacher that knows your practice i think that's important too as a teacher right casey we we start to learn our students practices so we can either tell them hey like it's time for you to go to, to move on it's time for you to go mm. to like a more advanced class or it's it's time for you to get those those toes off the ground and come into a headstand because you're ready like you you, you're ready to move into that and then there are the students where you're like hey you might want to pull back a little bit just a little bit not right <laughs> you one day you'll be amazing at and yes. that's actually michelle you're kind of an anomaly most people are pushing them and that's our society right mm -hmm. we're just pushing ourselves into shit we're not ready for constantly like teacher gives headstand prep and students second time doing yoga are trying to do headstand and they like strain their neck and they're like Damn, or they sucks. fall yeah, and they take fall. out three other people in class. Yeah. I mean, that's never happened. I'm just throwing <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so hopefully they're paying attention to you. And they can either tell you that, hey, come on, like, get yeah. there. You can do it. And like, hey, like, a little bit less, a little bit less. Like, yeah. you're going to enjoy it more if you just a little bit less. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I would say the same thing, too. I would say just really take that leap just do it and just obviously I think you can see that it's worked for a lot of people and there is something to that and so just giving yourself that opportunity because I know sometimes with that fear or that self-doubt or that self-critical talk in your mind you can really kind of shortchange yourself out of a really awesome experience um, or growth and so I think just give yourself that one opportunity or a couple times or just set a goal be like okay I'll give it a month after that if I like it I don't whatever but I can guarantee you that it'll it'll strike a chord in you some way because you deserve to be happy and awesome <laughs> and for people who are like eh, yoga's too hippy dippy right not me like the science that backs up what yoga, what mindfulness, what meditation mm -hmm. does to your body, mm -hmm. I think should get people over that hippy dippy hump. So like yeah. if you can't connect to like the more spiritual parts of it, there's so much science that mm -hmm. backs up that this is good for your body. You don't need to take medicine mm -hmm. if you're doing healthy things like this for your body. And so I think that that's an important thing for people to look at if they feel turned off sort of, you know, sage and BO or crystals associate with yoga. Yeah. It was the seventies that really screwed that yeah. up for us. <laughs> My husband still, finally he's coming around now and he's realizing like, oh, okay, it's actually not really that. No. Like, but for the longest time, it just was so hippie to him. He just thought it was so just like stinky BO people yeah. like <laughs> chanting and stretching. And now I think he's like, oh, okay. It's, I guess it's nothing wrong with stinky BO yeah. chanting. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah it, it, it's such a wide range of opportunity in the yoga world, especially now the opportunity is huge. It's such a great opportunity. I think as um, a beginner, I was just going to point out that it's good to take different teachers, even though you might feel like you're cheating on your first <laughs> teacher that you ever had. Um, I think it's good just because some teachers, yeah, they have really fun music, mm -hmm. and so you can really get into it that way, and it feels like, I don't know, it's just... The music makes it for me, um, and I've gone to classes where the music is very hippie, but I, I kind of like it, you know, even though I'm not super hippy-dippy, it just still kind of resonates somewhere, mm -hmm. but I definitely love when someone has some like good beats going and <laughs> good music, you know, some music that you recognize too, like, oh, I love this song. Um, I definitely, I would go to this one teacher on Thursdays because she did like a throwback Thursday music kind of theme. And so it was a lot of like 70s music and I loved that class. And I would go there kind of just for the music, but also for the yoga, yeah, obviously. That's awesome. But I think the music and going to different teachers. Yeah. yeah. And again, with that beginner's mind, going to different teachers, teachers have different styles that you may not like at first. And then suddenly you're like, oh, I actually gonna like that. For myself, I was just, I just wanted to do power vinyasa. I wanted to do power vinyasa. I wanted the music to be loud. I wanted it to be fast. I wanted to sweat. I wanted to be sore the next day. I didn't want to do any chanting. Like, I didn't want to do any of the hippie stuff. And that was my, that originally that's what I was looking for in my practice. And now 
my practice is so has changed where I practice at a, like a slower pace mm-hmm. almost, and I'm starting to like the more like Kundalini tune, and like it's just it's, it's so interesting how your practice changes just like everything else in the world changes. So always stay with an open mind, see different teachers. Totally. I've met some of the most amazing friends that I've ever had in my life through yoga. So I think it's a great opportunity. So if this hopefully struck you in some way or form or inspired you to get out there and face your fear and overcome it and know that, what's that saying? Fear, false evidence appearing real. That's what they say fear is, right? Anyone else ever heard that? I'm the only one? <laughs> yes. So Thank fear you. as an acronym is false evidence appearing real. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So and there I you also go. also <laughs> want to close with a quote from my man, Rolf. He says, and I love it. I wrote it on the front of my book. He says that yoga is not meant for experts. It is meant for human beings. Beautiful. I love it. Thank you, Sarah, for that. That was N. Rolf Gates. Thank you. (laughs) And if you guys have any questions, comments, or want to maybe chime in with some ideas on what we should be talking about, then please email us at hello.collectivespace at gmail.com. And again, my name is Casey Kelly. It's an honor to be here with everyone in studio, Michelle and Annalena. Thank you so much. Did I say it right? You got it. Damn, yes. (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) Thank you guys for being our guest today. Thank you. To my dear friend. Yeah, and you guys can follow us on Instagram at The Collective Space or Facebook or our website, www.thecollectivespace.org. Fabulous. Thank you, Sarah. You didn't say bye to you. You didn't say bye. I was was packing my bags already. (laughs) I know. Come on, girl. (laughs) Thanks, Casey. A space for you, me, and everyone. Welcome to the collective space.